Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and with me, as always, for the first time, <laughs> is May Leitz. Hello, May. Hi. I'm on this <laughs> shit now. I'm in this shit. She is in this shit. It's true. How are how are you? I'm fine. I'm okay. My throat hurts from smoking and drinking coffee. How are oh you, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> um, Fuck. My fingers hurt from editing very fast. That's not how that works. I don't Neato, know. Lightning fast, making them good yeah. cuts. The best cuts are the ones that you make and you're like, that was a bad idea. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the best, the, the things that go in are when I'm like, okay, I have an idea for this sequence, but I don't want to do it right now. So I'm just going to add some text and say what's going to happen there. <laughs> and then, and then when it, when I finish it, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that. And so that's just going to stay in. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And the other thing is like, I hate when I'm like, when I'm like, I'm shot out, like the video is filmed it's we're done here and then i'm like actually here's five <laughs> other things i'd love to shoot and two of them take place elsewhere so i've got to get yep. gear together and go fucking shoot it and you're yep. like oh oh <laughs> so i just put text in the edit and i'm like this video will just never be done cool yep yeah it's great <laughs> yep um so anyway yeah you're here i am uh I feel like it was, so I visited your house a while back and we recorded that YouTube podcast. And, uh, at some point while I was visiting, you had talked about wanting to do a podcast of your own and just not knowing what it would be just sort of like, I don't know, shrug. Uh, so a while after that, I offered it to have you on on a more regular basis as a co-host, question mark. Right. Because, y- yes, yes, co-host, uh, with with the caveat that sometimes you won't be available. I don't, just, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know how to codify this relationship because it's just whatever. Right, yeah, I feel that. But, uh, so, yeah, I asked you and you said yes, and I'm curious why you did that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, see, okay. Well, like, oh, God. Um, All right. I think that it's important. I think this podcast is important. And I don't mean to sound like I have some sort of fucking clout or something, but I think more people should be listening to this podcast just generally. So I was like, well, me being here might carry with it the, um, you know, the audience that I've kind of generated. So there's a good chance that you can actually hear like this this podcast can get heard that's one thing another thing is that like i feel like this podcast like the really interesting thing about it is how its identity is constantly kind of shifting which i think is like i feel like i'm hopping in on a on a pretty good formative thing so like me hopping in here it's like what's this gonna be now that's cool yeah like building something together neato you know that's like one of my favorite things to do like i got a fucking retail job lately like recently (laughs) i got a fucking retail job like a (laughs) lunatic i i got that so i'm like why did i do that and i just realized it was just my desire to just like build something with people so that i didn't feel like i was constantly just building stuff alone and it's like me starting a podcast sounds terrible like boring 
sad, you know, and lonely, right? But it's like <laughs> hopping in on this podcast, it's like I get to build something with somebody and it's going to be cool. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm excited about that. You know, it's like a totally different thing. So, um, yeah. yeah, when I have to do something by myself, I usually dislike it generally. So I was like, hell yeah, this sounds like perfect. So here we are. Awesome. Yeah. No, and I've uh, I've talked about in recentish episodes, constantly feeling like I don't know what this show is anymore because it started as just my diary, more or less, mm-hmm. as I asked questions about being trans and tried to figure out how I felt about me, and then it got to the point where I decided, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure I am, and I'm gonna make plans, and then at the point where I started HRT, it's like. I've kind of run out of things to talk about in terms of describing the experience that I feel like right doesn't get documented that much. And so I've tried a bunch of different things and I've, it, it, it started to feel like kind of a lonely thing where I just am talking into a room and I don't know what I'm what, what, what right what the what the point is really. And so I've been thinking about trying to find somebody but i don't know how i never knew how you did that like right how do you you ask somebody yeah do you like take an ad out on a job site like hey looking for a (laughs) another trans person to do a podcast with me (laughs) yeah looking for a co-host with good chemistry and a fun attitude somebody who who both laughs at their own jokes and at mine who Perfect. will validate yeah that's what i need i need the and griffin mcelroy of trans people please <laughs> <laughs> yes <you> exactly <laughs> yeah 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 no i feel that yeah so especially after our youtube episode but even when we had our first conversation i felt like you know we have pretty decent chemistry and like hanging out with you was just it was a, it was a good time, and I I was really worried about that because meeting people in person, y- you never know. It's you just hit or miss, know. yeah. It Especially with YouTubers, as you've heard <laughs> extensively, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like we had a great time. I oh, had yeah, a great hell time. yeah, we had a great time. Uh, I I keep thinking about us getting coffee and how fucking awesome that was. Yeah, that was a great conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, so I guess we should talk about stuff. Like, Well, here's the thing. I have an idea. I just got this oh, idea. Okay. Okay. Now, not to like Hit derail me. your podcast here, but, but here's the thing. So like, yes, there are a lot of intricate and meaningful uh, sorts of, of questions and things to think about with being trans. But something that I've realized over time is that the, the great thing and also the horrible thing about being trans is that you have like a million weird experiences that you're like, <laughs> what the fuck do I do with this? Cause you can't tell like cis people this stuff. Cause they're just like, I don't understand. But yeah. like, Oh my God. Like, and you know this cause we talked about this kind of stuff, but it's like constantly some <laughs> fucking weird thing will happen and you'll be like, God damn, I have to tell somebody this story. And it's yeah. like, so I don't know. Uh, trans experiences podcast. I don't really, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I mean, like, I think that just kind of telling those weird fucking trans stories is pretty good. Cause I mean, I got some. <laughs> I know oh, yeah. you do too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm fucking down for that. That's a good. That's a good suggestion. 
Cool. Uh, Put it in the suggestion box. <laughs> Make that like an ongoing segment and have like intro music. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a good idea. It'll it'll it'll, it'll happen right before the uh, 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 Squarespace sponsorship. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> correct. Yes, awesome. Right. Good. Good deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, right when um when the Whataburger ad comes on because oh, we're, hell yeah. our trans podcast is sponsored by Whataburger. Uh, of they, course, you know they they're they're really missing out on that podcast market, and I feel like this would be this niche transgender sort of extremely left leaning rant podcast is a great place for for them to finally jump on board right and and really get their brand identity figured out because let's be honest <laughs> yo so like killstar is this fucking company that i keep uh, buying clothes from because i have like a major problem uh and and i keep convincing myself that i'm like no 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 no. i'm buying things on clearance and they're cheap and these are super aesthetic things and i can use them for the show I said, uh, and then, you know, I'm like convincing myself, but, but the thing is like when I'm on their site, I keep looking through and I'm looking at all their models and I'm like, Hmm, interesting that there's not a single trans person in their, in their models here. And I was like, you know, who could fill that void? Um, fucking <laughs> me, I could. So Killstar, I know you're listening <laughs> and I want that Kill- fucking job. Killstar hit up, hit up May leads for modeling work you need some trans representation on your wild website just think about how (laughs) how progressive tm cr your company will look when you fucking do that and i get free clothes i will totally martyr myself for your fake progressivism just give me your fucking clothes (laughs) and it's such a it's such a built-in market too because like goth and trans like the the Venn diagram of that might as well be a circle. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like that's, it's an intersecting sort of thing. Uh, Nine out gosh. of ten trans people are super goth. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty great. Um, uh, what was the fucking thing that there was like some really bad take that everyone was talking about, where someone was like, "Oh, I think it was Blanchard was saying like, have you noticed that all the emos and goths are now trans?" And it's like, I wonder fucking why. <sighs> Uh, correlation right. doesn't mean causation my dude like you know what i mean it's just like okay but it is funny because it is true but it's just the yeah. wrong lesson and observation from that but like yeah anyway well, it's yeah i mean it, it, it there are certain like it, it's the other joke that oh all trans people are programmers and i think if you look at any if, if you threw a dart at a at a board covered in social roles or stereotypes or jobs careers that involve social isolation and lack of like interacting with people or just generally like socially acceptable i would say narcissism uh nihilism uh probably there's going to be a larger than average percentage of trans people in that group yeah uh, at least like closeted trans people because those are the realms in which we're allowed to exist and not feel completely terrible. Yeah. I almost thought like, I thought about doing a video about this. Actually, I was going to make a video about goth culture and how it intersects with being trans. But then I was like, Oh, I already did a video about Halloween and how that intersects with being trans. (laughs) And I was like, "Hmm, I should just make a video about fucking clowns and how that intersects with being (laughs) trans or something like that. 
I don't know. Yeah. That's my that's my new brand. I just make videos yeah. about some shit that's dumb that has something to do with being trans and that'll just be my channel now. Yeah. Give me the big dollars. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, ca- cash in on that trans market. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> We're uh, grifters actually. Anyway. It's true. Yeah. We uh, the the I, I shot a vlog about the spider-verse movie that just came out oh yeah i heard it's really good uh, I it's, seen it it's super good uh it's very good um and i have a lot of thoughts about it because i read the comic it's based on way back and uh i already had strong opinions about how shitty that comic is and i was really happy that they didn't go with a lot of the crap from the comic right uh but i spent a lot of time in that talking about how it works as like a trans positive narrative it isn't explicitly but it is sort of like symbolically and i'm i haven't released that part of the video yet and i'm just imagining the comments for that where people are like why are you trying to why are you reading into this why are you making everything about being trans also known as my hereditary video comments (laughs) right and all i can think is well I think I actually said this in, in the video I'm talking about it. Like it does, it's not, yeah, it's not textual, but I'm literally in the middle of working on this giant video about transitioning and I'm in the middle of my transition. So it just All so happens can, to be something that's, I don't know, something kind of yeah, relevant to you. Yeah. It's something that's on my mind. <laughs> so obviously when I go into a movie, I'm going to read into it, the circumstances of my life at the moment. Right. It's just how it's just how art works. You yeah. know how art does where you watch it and it's like, oh, I reflect myself onto the thing. And then I see new, new aspects of myself in the thing. Nice. Like how, like how an art does. That's how it goes. That is kind of like how an art is. That is how uh. it be actually. <laughs> how strange. That is exactly how it be. <laughs> uh, what a, what a wonderful and wild world we live in. Yes. That was a, Oddly alliterative, alliterative sentence. Fucking Let's yes. get to this question that I've been sitting on for a full calendar month now. Okay, hell yeah. Give it to me. This is from curiouscat.me uh, slash HMS No Fun, where you can send completely anonymous messages. Uh, there's also an email address that I'll say at the end of the podcast or whatever. But Be so, careful, everyone. Is, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, so this says... Hi, I'm a trans girl, but not really out yet, and I recently started wearing fingernail polish in public. It felt really nice the first few weeks, but then I ran into a girl I knew from middle school. We didn't speak, but she kept staring at my nails and making me feel gross about myself. You don't have to respond to this if it's too much, but have you run into people from your past who reacted negatively to your gender transition? And if so, were you able to handle it? Like telling them to go fuck themselves or finding a way not to internalize that shit tough question fuck yeah well the answer is yes (laughs) here's a hard one so like i was uh so i was dating this person for a couple years and um i don't want to get too into that but like they had an ex-boyfriend and then i started transitioning like a i like i don't know like in the last year or whatever so then it was like if we accidentally run into this ex-boyfriend that we live very near to, that'll be mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> and we did. Right. But uh. like, I, they never said anything to me, so whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> fucking, fucking I, weird. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to take a liberty and say we should extend the reach of this of this question to dealing with uh, family and friends generally. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a newly transitioning trans person, I see. Because um, I haven't. I haven't really run into many people. I live fairly far away from where I uh, grew up. And most of those people, if they ran into me, they wouldn't recognize me anyway. And they wouldn't have before I transitioned either. Uh, So I don't I don't have that so much like the running into somebody that you kind of knew, but who like makes you feel uncomfortable. But I recently went to my sister's house in Indiana for Thanksgiving. And this was the first time that I was out as Sarah to everybody. And everybody there was like seeing me, you know, six months on HRT and wearing not like, not like a dress or anything, but feminine cut clothes. And, um, that was an interesting experience for me. Yeah. I fucking Everybody was, it was it was it was not as I was expecting it to be much worse than it was just because there were some people there that I didn't know how they would react. But generally, everybody tried their best. And the the most frustrating thing that I can't really hold against them is that occasionally they'd slip and they'd say my dead name and they'd use the wrong pronouns. And immediately I would I, I would correct them and they would like, oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, it it where it got weird more recently was at my graduation, which, uh, I go, this is the first podcast I've recorded since I graduated. I graduated. Oh yeah. Congratulations on that shit. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be fucking done finally after eight years. Hell yeah. Anyway, um, the, uh, uh, yeah, at my graduation, I got drunk with my cousin, my brother, my uncle, um, I say drunk, like they had a a little bit to drink and my cousin had a lot to drink and I had kind of somewhere in between them. And my cousin kept messing up and there was, uh, there's a point at which she made kind of a big deal out of it where she did the thing of, Oh, I'm so sorry. It's just so hard. And you know, I'm just not used to it. And it's just, it's going to take me a while. And I, I need you to, I need you to understand. And like family is going to fuck up. People, people are going to fuck up. I think just generally, because it is a hard thing to get used to. It's a hard thing for me to get used to. Yeah. I'm still at a point where when I, I have to stop myself at certain thoughts and like say, no, Sarah, that's the name you meant to say in your brain. Right. So there's a level where I don't want to be an asshole about it and, and be like, no, you got to get it right, right now, because it is, it does take time to get used to that. But where it gets frustrating is when they start making them about themselves and how hard it is for them. Right. Yeah. And like, that's a, that's a thing for the cis folks to talk about amongst themselves. Like, yeah. like tell, putting that on you is kind of shitty. It is. It's very shitty because for however hard it is for you, it's a multitude harder for me because it's a reminder in whatever subtle way that my gender and identity is kind of hypothetical to them. Right. And that 
they're this tolerating it to, or something like that. Y- y- yeah. And this comes back to something that we talked about, I th- believe last week or la- the last episode, our YouTube episode was, uh, the idea that cis people hold the validity of our identities in their hands. Yeah. Where all it takes is one misgender or one dead name. And suddenly you just feel like the the floor drop out from under you. Right. The whole thing falls apart so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Where I feel like I've made so much progress and then they say that and it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And you know, this, this year and a half of struggle and, self-reflection suddenly it's like i'm back to square one and like oh well okay i guess i'm here now i'm curious what your experiences along these these lines are well like i don't know so you've heard my fucking horrible stories um like my i feel like my big one which didn't even it wasn't even a face-to-face sort of thing but like the way that my family found out was pretty much like i was posting on instagram and i thought i had everybody blocked so i was like posting outfits and stuff on instagram because i was kind of like you know feeling it out those those first couple months of transition are weird because you're like trying to do more things that are gender affirming but you know, sometimes you're like failing and sometimes you think you're succeeding and then you look back and you're like, oh, girl. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But still, you put that shit on Instagram and you think it's safe and good. And then um, very quickly, pretty much what happened was like one of my relatives found my Instagram and uh, yeah. and then told my entire extended family that I um, <sighs> something was up. And then they sent my video around, like my coming out video around. (sighs) And then that got around. And then I started getting phone calls and I got like 30, 40 phone calls kind of at once, like immediately at once. (laughs) So I just had like a pile of fucking phone calls coming in constantly. And it got so overwhelming that I like literally like I just shut my phone off because I just couldn't answer them. Like it was terrifying. And I had a billion voice voicemails and some of them were supportive and some of them were angry. But it was just like my entire extended family all at once. And so I'm kind of at the place now where I'm trying to parse out how many and how I'm going to speak to any of those people again. Yeah. And given that it's around Christmas time. Yeah, that ain't great. But the thing is, like, it's it's also hard because, like, there there are, like, several different types of, like, reactions to everything. Like... Clearly the worst one is I'm literally never going to try. So don't even ask, like, don't even ask me to call you may. Cause I'm not going to call you may uh, don't even ask yeah. for your pronouns. Cause we're not doing that. Like that's ridiculous. And that's the majority of the reaction. But then Ugh. like the other one is, is people that are like, like, Oh yeah, I'll call you these things when it's convenient, but sometimes I'm going to forget. And I'm, you know, that's, that's not my fault. And it's like, okay, well, you know, thanks for the enthusiastic support, you know? Right. Um, but I don't know, like, and then there's, there's other people where it's like, so yesterday I'm, I'm at work and, um, I'm wearing a dress <laughs> and I'm wearing like, a like a long cardigan and, uh, I have like full makeup on, you know, everything. I'm pretty much very trans, um, <laughs> And person walks up and is like, hey, dude, what's up? 
sir. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like very oblivious somehow. And then like, like shortly before this person leaves, they're like, Hey, I like your shirt. And I'm like, the fucking what? You know what I mean? Are you okay? Like, how did you the the intellectual gymnastics one has to do to assume that I'm like I'm wearing a shirt? Like, it's right. It's just like, how do you not fucking notice? Like, do I have to literally write I'm a trans person on my face? Like, I'm like, I don't know. You know, the weird thing is, like, I'm at this place where it's like. You know, clearly I'm still getting like pegged as either trans or misgendered because, you know, five months in, it's not it's not that extreme. The the shifting changes. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I look back and I go, God damn, a lot has changed. But, you know, also I'm like, you know, nothing has changed, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know that feeling. Yes. I'm pretty OK being pegged as trans. Because I think that trans people are beautiful and wonderful and, and being one of those is, is fine and cool and and nice. But, um, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm accepting the fact that I'm getting pegged as trans. I'm not trying to pass or something. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like people that straight up don't even notice that when I'm like really trying is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So yeah. that kind of blows and my I- mind. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's wild. And that has to be a little dispiriting on some level. Oh, easily. Yeah, definitely. But kind of returning to the specificity of the question, like they're talking <laughs> about fingernail polish and like painting their nails and stuff like that. Yeah, I started painting my nails when I was like 15 and uh, now I'm 25. So I've been doing it for a while. And back then, like you know, it was much weirder to do than it is now. I think like now yes. I think people are a little bit more on board with it, but when you're 15 in Texas, uh, it, growing up in the Bush era, you know, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. wonderful to fucking be doing that. So, um, I don't know. It was weird and, uh, people didn't like it and I got a lot of fucking weird reactions but i ended up like lying to a lot of people because i didn't know how to tell them that i just liked it you know um that i just wanted to i would say i have Mm -hmm. really bad anxiety and i chew my nails so i paint my nails so i don't chew them which is true Uh, but also like not why i was doing it so right yeah i don't know fucking weird it's weird being yeah um it the 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 early 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 like primordial stages of being trans are really fucking strange yeah comparatively to like you know i mean every stage of it is weird but like at least at this stage now i'm like you know at best i'm like this cool internet uh trans instagram model or something but uh, that's at best at worst it's like you know i look like shit and there's nothing i can do about that but like back then it was like Okay, I've painted my nails. Has anyone noticed? Right. You know, uh, am I going to die now? <laughs> you know, yeah. and and so it's just it's weird how like you get progressively more and more and more comfortable and um but at the same time like there's that there's that core of like okay, now I'm going to add this and see if that does it. Okay, now I'm going to do yeah. this and and you get to this point where you're like Okay, so I'm wearing full makeup. I cut my hair. 
I'm wearing dresses most days and like I literally own no masculine clothes anymore. And like literally like most of the people that know me personally call me May. So I don't even remember my dead name most days. And so when people like actually dead name me, it actually it, it it used to well not even like a month ago it hurt like when people did that to me but now it's like complete dissociation from it where i just forget that that's that was ever me like so when i hear it i'm like who what you know what i mean it's like <laughs> what what are you talking about oh oh ow you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah. you're like it's like this whole fucking thing but you just get to the stage where it's just like progressively more and more and more and more and more and um and you but every time you know, you're like, I'm going to try a new thing. You're like, is this going to be the thing that pushes me over the edge? You know, is today going to be the day? Um, and I remember that back when I was painting my nails. So my point is like, I have the utmost empathy for somebody who like is, is starting out at that very, very, very early stage and feel like everything feels like it's pushing boundaries. But, um, you know, most yeah. people, I think, don't give a, a fuck. Um, that's something that I've learned over time that I think has actually been really helpful is that something I've learned is that most people like you could be trans, you could be not like you could be cis, you could be um, gay, lesbian, whatever, uh, bisexual. It doesn't really matter uh, what where you are on all of these spectrums, because most people like most cis people literally could give two fucks about it like they could not care less about you and your gender identity it's not like your identity is really disrupting their life in some sort of way usually like by you know they'll be like that was weird and then that'll be it if they have a reaction at all so like most of the time i get scared and sheltered and stuff and i kind of like go into a, a little a little ball inside when I think about the idea of like, you know, going out in public and like really just dressing however I want. But the thing is like, whatever, most people are just going to look at you and be like, huh. And some people are going to be look at you and be like, awesome. And some people are going to look at you and be like, grr. But most of the time, 99.999% of the reaction is either people not even seeing you or like people seeing you and not even thinking about it or giving a shit. Like most people are fucking oblivious. So, yeah, I think it's, it's good to remember, uh, picture yourself going from one place to another on your normal commute and try to remember how many people you actually looked at. Yeah. Like how many people do you actually notice and judge based on whatever? Uh, For me, it's like whenever I was first questioning and uh, figuring my shit out, I paid a lot more attention to people around me just to like, what do women wear? What do I like? But generally speaking, I'm in my own head. I'm listening to music. I'm like staring at the ground or the sky. Uh, Generally, people don't give a shit. Most people aren't going to start anything, even if they disagree. Um, the uh, th- the biggest obstacle I-, I feel like we have sometimes is just ourselves. And 
I'm going to be a real pretentious motherfucker here and uh, bring up that there's this idea that Foucault came up with, not came up with, but wrote about uh, where the, uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's the, uh, the internalized carceral state. I'm sure Molly's going to listen to this and be like, no, it's this. Uh, But basically the idea that, kind of coming off from the panopticon, which is the idea of an open celled prison that is, uh, there's only one guard tower in the middle of this Coliseum essentially. And nobody knows whether they're being watched at that exact moment, but they might be. Mm -hmm. So they police themselves. It's the idea of internalizing the policing of the state, uh, to the point where nobody outside of yourself actually has to do anything. Right. It's just that you're aware of the fact that they might. And getting over that is real fucking hard. I don't know. Um, when I was in high school, I wore baggy like coats oh, even yeah. in summer. And I, I, I went to high school in the same place you did. Uh, it was not great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was hot as it was, fuck. Yeah, it was hot as Why fuck. Why did we and do that? Like, Are you... I did yeah, the why same did we do fucking these things thing. to ourselves. I wore a hoodie that yeah. was three sizes too big for me because I was like trying to <sighs> bury myself in it. And it's like, God. it was hot as shit, but we both did that shit. Why did we do that yeah. shit? <laughs> it was like, it is the, exactly what you're saying. It's like a self-policing. And and also just kind of to add on to the thing you're saying, like I've literally seen the gender police, like like people wearing <laughs> Ben Shapiro shirts that said like facts don't care about your feelings, which is like... <laughs> hysterically uh unself-aware of yeah. them to, to to wear um literally come into my store and look at me and run away like they're uh, scared of yeah. me like yeah so that's that's the other thing is like the people that could really 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 hurt you if they wanted to they're too fucking terrified to do it yeah most people don't have the guts right i would say the way that you handle those situations like the worst that i've gotten is on the the two times that i've gone out like really femmed up uh nobody ever said anything to me but i did get like looks and there were a couple of times like when i walked into class i caught some people sort of staring at me and like like looking embarrassed or sort of smiling as if i was dressed like a clown i see uh the the way that you deal with that is that you just keep doing it. You know what you fucking do? You look them in the fucking eyes. Yes, absolutely. That's the thing is that so uh, it was around Halloween and it was when I was showing the the first rough cut of the video that I'm working on in class. I uh, and it was also around when like the uh, the health services memo came out. They're trying to define transgender out of existence. Uh, at that point I decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to wear lipstick and, uh, uh, eyeshadow and eyeliner and everything Mm -hmm. and put on my wig and go out, which I'd never been outside of my house with my wig on. And that whole time, the first day I was terrified and I felt like an idiot, but then I did it again the next day and I felt so confident Yeah, because I'd done, I'd done it once before at that point and nobody did anything. Nobody said anything. Yeah. So Every time I got a look, I just like met their eyes and smiled and they looked away and it was fine. And that's the thing is that if you're if you're comfortable in your in your skin and to some extent, if you're like proud of 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 yourself walking 
you, you mostly people just like avoid avoid you right and you just you don't let them get to you you just look them in the eye and you smile and you keep going on with your day uh if somebody says some shit or tries to start some shit that's that's its own situation you you talk to them as best he can i guess i don't know how to de- how to deal with that situation right. necessarily but generally that's not going to happen and the way that you deal with that is that you don't let it get to you you still be yourself and they can go fuck themselves until they die because they're they're a bunch of unhappy cretins yeah that well that's don't know a goddamn thing about another person that's the thing to remember is like a lot of trans people carry around this like horrible horrible guilt that they're like challenging society around them and like challenging all this stuff and like they feel like they're pretending and faking things but it's like literally the reason that cis people are angry at trans people all the time is because trans people have figured out that thing that they need to make them happy where most cis people spend their entire lives trying to figure that out yeah. So it's like that's why they're mad at you because you have power, like you have right. a se- you have a se- secret hidden power that you've decided to live, like your yeah, life yeah. as, and that's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> There's uh, one of the Netflix Chappelle uh, uh, Dave Chappelle specials. He made a joke that I think about a lot, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Where. He, he says something along the lines of I envy trans people because at least you figured out what's wrong with you. Yeah, I, th- Yikes. The way that that, that that bit sort of played out, I I have mixed feelings about. And of course, I watched it with my uh, cisgender roommates whom I was out with to at that point. Right. And they laughed and I sort of didn't. And I tried to explain what my pro- what my issue was and they sort of shrugged it off so that wasn't great but uh there's still an element of truth to that in that as as somebody who has suffered a lot of dysphoria and just generally kind of a shitty life up until this point mm-hmm. uh coming out and transitioning is like one of the healthiest choices i've ever made for myself right so yeah there is absolutely like you have a power in in transitioning where it, it requires so much bravery and strength to to transcend all of these really concrete categories that society insists we maintain. Right. Yeah. I feel like this dovetails with another question that I got an email. Cool. And this this is from Max. Hey there, my name is Max and I'm a newly out transgender man. I wanted you to know that your podcast has helped me a lot as I've been working things out around the same time you were and couldn't find a lot of narratives about figuring out identity. A lot of what I kept running into was the I always knew since I was a child narrative, which didn't fit me and which was one reason it took me so long to figure out what was wrong in the first place. Yep, solidarity with that. So I just want to let you know that I really appreciate your podcast, especially with how encouraging and honest it's been. Thank you very much for that, Max. Since I haven't been on hormones at all, I don't pass, quote unquote, as a man, no matter how I dress or cut my hair, which gets frustrating, especially since I work with the public. Do you have any tips for dealing with social dysphoria with having to remember you're still you, even if the world doesn't see that yet? May I take this one? (laughs) Please do. Okay, so... There's this person that's been in my life that's actually been really, really, really toxic and horrible, but they taught me something that was really important, and it's something that I've, I'm, I'm carrying with me, and I'm getting more, like, 
used to as every day goes on. And that's that like transitioning is, is also about transitioning social barriers and like getting rid of, of you, your, it's literally growing up. It's like, because like, as far as dysphoria goes, like the, the two ways you kill dysphoria are either a, you do something medical that like helps you figure things out or you like literally at some point you just stop giving a shit like and you just embrace the fact that you have these things about you that you used to hate but now they're fine like i don't know that's that's sort of a thing and i I hate that 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 sounds very transmed uh to say that but (laughs) like and i just i dislike that but i also find that it's very weirdly true uh in my life at least where i've um like i don't know i used to have a a shitload of dysphoria like Mm -hmm. like an uncomfortable constant uncomfortable dysphoria and i am on estrogen and stuff for for five months and like in a lot of ways it's improved drastically but in other ways it's like the same things that i hated about myself five months ago you know they haven't changed at all but i still i'm like okay with them now you know what I mean? Right. It's just like, and and I think maybe that comes from just the fact that you're just constantly in a state of self-analysis. But yeah, I mean, I can't know for sure, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like part of the, the trans experience is, is literally transcending like your own social preconceptions of what a woman is like, or a man is, for instance, like it's a very surreal experience. Like the first time you, actually look at what people of the like other genders look like and whatever um were you like like yeah. for me like going to the mall and actually looking at like what women look like because you have this fucking image in your head that is like this is what a woman looks like this is what i want to look like but then you look around and you're like you know most women don't look like that at all um yeah you know most women, you know, just look normal. And it's like, right. One day you will look normal to yourself. And yes. Um, and you know, you'll be looking pretty much exactly like most cis women, um, at your worst, which is pretty fucking cool. It's pretty fucking cool. So it literally is a lot, like a lot of social transition stuff is literally just about like the sounds condescending, but growing up it's like literally opening your eyes and going wow the opposite gender most of them don't give a fuck um most of them are so comfortable in being that that they literally like are not having to put in as much effort as i am and then you realize like i don't know i just am this it doesn't necessarily mean i have to check all these fucking boxes i don't have to be a a superstar every time I walk outside, you know? Um, yeah. And that, that's, I think that's really important for trans people, mostly because it, it gives you a sense of comfort, um, that maybe you don't have all the time. So I don't know. That's just sort of my take on that. Yeah. 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 There's, there's an element to this question where Max is a trans man. And I, this is an experience that I can't speak to. Uh, as much because I feel like the experience is almost the inverse 
for trans men where you're, the process of passing is sort of the process of becoming invisible in, 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 in a certain way. I don't know. I I could be talking. No, 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 no. Actually, like I super connect with that statement. So. So when it comes to I feel like dealing with social dysphoria and this is something that I struggle with a lot uh, just because I don't present necessarily when I go out like this entire the the, I mean the last year and a half but this last six months uh, specifically when I was in school I my entire wardrobe is female cut clothes but they're all kind of androgynous right Um, and I still have facial hair Uh, even when I shave it down it's still pretty visible Mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't pass. And it's not even that I don't pass. It's that people don't even look at me and see somebody who could be a woman. They don't, they don't even ask themselves the question. Right. So there is this frustration of like, there's the role that I am psychologically transitioning into, but socially and kind of physically, there is no progress happening there. And part of it's practical, part of it's the way that I've chosen to go about my own transition. But what helps me in dealing with that is remembering how far I've come. And I can't speak for you, Max, but for me, I think about how unhealthy I was like a year ago uh, or a year and a half, two years ago. And it doesn't matter what other people think or like what they see because I'm in a place where I'm happier than I've ever been. And I'm happier with my appearance than I've ever been, uh, to say that I'm even at all happy with my appearance is sort of a miracle. I don't think I've been able to say that since high school. Right. Uh, it's, it says a lot that I've started taking selfies in the last year when there are none of those. Right. At all (laughs) for the previous 10 years of my life. So it helps to remember that this is a choice that you made in in recognizing and doing something about this discordance in yourself. And that is not worthless by any stretch. That is powerful. Absolutely. And regardless of whether people recognize you as your preferred gender, you've made so much progress. Right. And you don't need their approval or their recognition to be who you are. And it, 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 it's still dispiriting. It's still, it's, it's easy to say that as like a, uh, like a milk carton moral, a Snapple thing that you open up the lid and there's this bit of like, Oh, you, you don't need other people to validate you. Right. But in practice, I feel like being trans in general is just a cycle of, feeling completely beaten down by the world and insecure and then talking yourself up out of it and feeling like you're the strongest person who has ever lived Mm -hmm. and then talking yourself down out of it and just going back and forth and back and forth until something (laughs) until something happens ideally at the end of it something will happen 
Right. It's like the the famous money-making plan where step one, we print flyers. Step two, we advertise. Step three, question mark, question mark. Step four, success. Right. Like we're in, we're in step three right now. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, results may vary. Man. I don't know. Uh, yeah. 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 Results, results may vary. Um, I wish I, I wish I had more like just basic practical tips. Um, it's just, it is frustrating when people don't recognize you and, you can't like correct them every single time. Right. You got to pick your battles because that gets exhausting. It sucks, but kind of weird thing. Um, I had a psychic over at my place last night. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, uh, it was okay. It's one of Elliot's friends. So like (laughs) one of Elliot's friends was psychic. So we're like sitting on the, on the floor and we're all like, you know, curled up and, her name is uh, Anna. Yeah. And okay. she's like, hey, do you want me to read your fortune? And I was like, okay. So she goes and gets a candle and she's like, um, what is that called when you look into a fire and it tells you things? I don't remember. But so um, she hmm. she lit a fire and she was looking into it and um, she was like, what's your... Uh, what what do clowns have significance to you? This <laughs> <laughs> is funny because of all the fucking bullshit with clowns. But like, I was like, I don't fucking know. And the, but the more I thought about it, and the more she thought about it, she was like, "This has something to do with your family." <laughs> And I was like, okay, but, but as things went on, we basically started talking about like greatest fears. Cause I am actually kind of scared of clowns. Uh, sure. And <clears throat> so basically her thing was like, you're scared of clowns because you can't see their true face and you don't know if they feel inhuman to you. They feel like monolithic to you. Like they're no longer a person, which is the actual mm. thing that you're scared of. It's like that thing. And she was like, the reason that you're scared of your family is because they seem monolithic and inhuman and bigger and scarier and you don't actually know their true face and like all of that stuff. And that's why you're afraid of society too, because society, you know, it's inhuman and doesn't have a true face and it feels like a monolith. And so literally your identity is tackling that fear. Like you're trying to fight that fear all the time now. And like so what you have to do is find ways to make it not feel like a monolith so you can actually tackle it because like if you if you continue to see it as a monolith you're never going to be able to say hey these are my pronouns this is my name i'm living my life that i'm you know i'm trying to make things work whatever it's not like a monolith will never listen to you if you treat it like a monolith it's like asking it's like begging god to do something for you you know when right. you should just be doing it for yourself, you know? Um, so it's like, it's not necessarily that it's pathetic or something. It's that it's like literally hurting you because you're, you're just, you're asking for permission instead of actually taking action. And so like, basically what she said is what I need to do is find ways to humanize my family so that I can correct them and change their minds and 
I need to find ways to humanize society so that I can correct them and change their minds and be myself. And the only way that I'm going to operate as myself is if I can somehow kill the monolith, um, which I think has a lot to do with social transition. And, And like this person, I wouldn't call them very woke about trans issues or something. They didn't seem that that woke about it, but like straight up, they fucking got me. It was weird. Yeah. Like I've never had that happen with a psychic where they just like straight up were like, okay, here's your problem. Here's what's going on. Uh, you have this fear. Here's how you fix it. All right. And I was like, damn, my therapist can't even do this shit. And so it was like, <laughs> God damn, I wish my therapist would have told me that when I paid them money. Um, now your psychic <laughs> yeah. friend just comes over and is like, here's the deal. Um, yeah. And now I'm like, I woke up this morning going, God damn, like, she's fucking right like she's so on the on the money so now it's like man now i need to um do research and like figure out the intricate ways in which i can kill that monolith but the 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 thing is like we all need to do that yes we all definitely need to be doing that um the second we do we're all going to be much happier absolutely yeah I need, to get, I need to get this psychic on the line. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could you use some of those services? Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, it's weird because I would not seem, I would not think that, that like speaking to a psychic would be a good fucking idea. But like there was this one part when we were talking where she was like, what I like to do is I like to pour the wax on myself. And depending on how bad it hurts, I can, I can, diff- I can gauge different experiences. And I was like, that's weird. So she, when she was reading Elliot's fortune, she poured wax on herself and you know, you wouldn't even notice cause she didn't say anything. And she was just like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like lukewarm and here's the sort of thing. But when she poured the wax on herself, when I did it, she literally like called out like she was just like, ah, <laughs> so it was yeah. like, dang. Uh, okay. I don't know what that means. Maybe it was performative, but you know, she ain't wrong though like shit does suck um it does hurt like a lot and i am in a lot of pain yeah but yeah she was like yeah that's you gotta you gotta fix that and then i started to realize like damn there are three things about myself that over the last like the thing is with transitioning it's like it's like, yeah, you're improving yourself, but it's also like everything, the other boundaries you're breaking and like realizing that you're in unhealthy situations kind of are all throughout your entire life and trying to parse those out. And so like, I've realized that there were three things that needed to happen. One was that I needed to, I needed to get rid of my toxic friendships. Um, and, and I've mostly done that now. Um, I don't have any friendships really. I have like a couple I've, well, that's not true. I have like a few IRL friendships, like three or four. Um, yeah, but they're good ones. They're not toxic and all the toxic people have been canceled. Um, right. to get rid of toxic relationships, which I fucking have definitely done. Like I got rid of all that. Fix that problem. Yeah. Number three is get rid of toxic family. And toxic family is is a lot harder. It certainly is, yeah, psychologically. Um we we feel we feel an obligation to family that we shouldn't. Right. But it's hard it's hard to think yourself out because of Because they don't one. feel that same fucking obligation to you, too. That's kind of the fucking thing. 
Yeah, that too. <laughs> they like they literally uh, like treat you like you're a fucking pet. You know, you're a pet. And then when you uh when you actually stand up for yourself or say no, like it just like it that's something that I've learned in the last like couple weeks is like the second you say no to somebody, they lose their shit. They yeah. lose their shit. They get so angry with you the second you're like actually this is my boundary. This is what I'm not interested in. You know, I don't want this or no, no, thank you. Don't want to do this. And it's that thing that, um, that in the windows studios video, the angry Jack thing, where it's like, when you yes, tell somebody, yeah. no, they immediately think they're a bad person. And it's like, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying like, that's my boundary and no, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like either people get angry at you because you're like standing up for yourself or people getting angry at you because you're like signaling that you think they're a bad person or something or they think they're a bad person or they don't feel validated in their own like self-identity. And it's like you have all these intersectioning emotional things, but I think that that plays into like the whole breaking the monolith thing is literally realizing that your family is not emotionally like the thing is they don't know a goddamn thing about transitioning they don't know anything about you they don't know anything about like your way of life and who you are and what you care about and what you're going through they have no fucking idea the the thing is when they tell you that they don't want you to transition what they're actually saying is they don't like for me it's like why do they not want me to be a woman you know, well, the the yeah. thing is, it's not it's never because it because you're trans. It That doesn't have anything to do with it. It's because they think that it will make you weaker. It will make you unhappy. You know, it will make you feel ugly. It'll make you uh, complicated. It'll make you these things. These are the actual emotional experiences that that cis people are going through. And when you see it like that, Like, these are the emotions that I'm juggling with this person right now. You can't help but see them as kind of a human being, and you've broken the monolith. And at that moment, you're just seeing them as a person, a person who has complicated and shitty emotions uh, based on something that has nothing to fucking do with them. And, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know, this is how you solve the family problem is you just break it down to their core human aspect of like they're afraid that you're going to be weaker than than they think you are or they're afraid that you're going to be stronger than them or something like that. And then you realize, holy yeah. shit, I have all the power in this situation and they literally have none of it. Like, sure, they can <laughs> misgender me, but I fucking have so much power over them just by being here like and it's all my choice and like it's Uh, heavy shit yeah it's heavy shit it is i think just to close out this thought whatever whatever you need to do to feel comfortable with yourself and like safe it's that's what you need to do uh whatever whatever solution that you find for yourself just don't feel guilty about it right like don't 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 blame yourself for not necessarily kicking the door open dressed in your best and like confident and ready to burn the world down. Right. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that. And it's not your responsibility. To and it do takes that. time. And, and often by the time you oh, get yeah. there where you feel like you could do that, you don't even really want to. You're yeah. Sort of like yeah. whatever. Like I, pants and a t-shirt are fine 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope that's I hope that's helpful, Max. Hell yeah. Well, I want to close out with uh, just what's is there something that like media wise you've been enjoying lately? Media wise, um, let's see. Yeah, music, movie, whatever. The other night, okay, I've watched two movies recently. Um, I watched After Hours, which is the Scorsese movie uh yeah yeah because it's like one of elliot's favorite movies and i haven't seen it and um Ah. i rather liked it a lot uh it's a great movie um and i feel like i relate to it a lot where it's like i feel like every day i go on this weird fucking stupid adventure (laughs) where like all these terrible dumb things happen and then i just go back to my home and i go to sleep (sighs) and it's just like well that happened anyway moving on it's just like every day it's, yeah. it actually connects with the trans experience pretty well because like, yeah, it's kind of, it kind of goes back to that thing I was saying at the start of the podcast where like trans people have these wild experiences like every day and like everyone's got mm-hmm. stories. Um, yeah, I feel like every day is like after hours. So like watching that movie, I was just like, fucking get it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So that was one. Um, and the other thing I watched was American werewolf in London saw for the first time. Ooh. Um, yeah, I know. That's a good one which too. Which is which is a weird situation because I was trying to figure out if it's like if the movie is pro xenophobia or if it's decrying xenophobia. I don't know if this is the discussion that a lot of people are having, but I thought about it for <laughs> On the, hours. The hot American the hot american werewolf in london uh discourse right, yeah raging on twitter yeah, not not to start discourse but hot take that movie might be pro xenophobia um but also like it's directed by john landis and it's very uh, it's a very like jewish experience oriented movie and like most of it is like people telling somebody that doesn't want to die to kill themselves um so i don't yeah. know i feel and then like of course at the end he's killed by the cops and all this stuff it's like this big uh, it's it there's kind of a lot to it, but it's just like there are moments in it where you're just like, okay, but literally it's saying that he needs to he needs to get out of a place he doesn't belong. And it's like that doesn't seem yeah. right to me. Um I don't know. So I, I feel like I was having a weird kind of um I was having a weird conversation with myself about that movie. Um so I, I don't know. I would kind of like to read someone's good take on it. But I felt like, yeah. I mean, clearly it's very, um, every movie is trans experience oriented, but it's just like, I mean, <laughs> what's a better scene to represent gender transition than when he's sitting in the chair and then suddenly he just starts screaming and he fucking, <laughs> his entire body rips apart. And then he's like, well, I'm a fucking werewolf now. Better, better yeah. just go embrace that. And then he goes out and he kills yeah. all of society. It's pretty fucking good, actually. Yeah. yeah. Now that's why I wrote werewolf fiction. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, in high school. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's still something that I do in my brain, at least. For me, I um, a friend of mine for Christmas bought me Red Dead Redemption 2, despite me not wanting it because Rockstar exploits their workers. But I started playing it. By started playing it, I mean that I popped in my PS4 for it to start installing, and it's on two discs. So uh, about two hours later, I was ready to God play it. God damn it. it. Uh, in the meantime, while I was waiting for it to play, I decided, you know what I should do? I should boot up my Game Boy Advance emulator and finally play Mother 3. 
Uh, so I tracked down the fan translation of of Mother 3, which, if you don't know, has a wild, ridiculous history, just like the release of that game. Still, there is no official English language release of it, which is ludicrous. Wow. But uh, I after like it's been it was been in development since 1996 and it released in 2004 and like, it's still the most requested. Anyway, I could talk about that forever, but uh, I finally started playing it and I fell in love with the first 20 minutes. Uh, there was immediately a song that I had that I went on YouTube and downloaded like six different covers of and I was thinking about that the whole time playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I played the first two hours of that game. I was bored. I hated it. And it like the fact that a Game Boy Advance game from over a decade ago that is translated by fans. It's not even an official English uh, uh, like Nintendo branded translation stuck in my brain and made me more excited than like a multi-million dollar triple A video game (laughs) that has won multitudes of awards at this point uh maybe that just says something about my tastes but i think it also says something about the fact that uh mainstream game development seems to have gotten a little far up its own ass in a very specific series of ways Mm -hmm. so um wow yeah my recommend (laughs) so my recommendation is if uh uh if somebody gets you red dead redemption 2 um sell that and then find a way to play Mother Sell 3. Sell that, take the money, put it in your pocket, don't buy any other fucking video <laughs> games, go home, emulate some old good shit, and you're good. Yeah. Go buy yourself a fucking ice cream bar and enjoy that shit. Right. <laughs> go buy an you ice cream bar. You know how long bar. it takes to Bo- fucking enjoy a, an ice cream bar? Like, literally minutes. You know how long it takes to yeah. enjoy Red Dead Redemption? Like, 60 hours and you're never going to actually enjoy it ice cream is better than red dead redemption 2 that's a that's the that's a good hot take Fuck I, yeah. if this were a video game podcast that would be the title of this episode <laughs> uh, that'll be damn. the alternate title damn <laughs> uh Okay, I feel like that's a good place to stop. Me too. I think this was a pretty successful first episode of me being officially part of this some bitch. Yeah. No, I I uh, I had a good time. I feel like this yeah, went well. Yeah, me too. Um, do you want to? Uh, you have an album about oh, to fuck, come out. Oh fuck! That's right. In five days, uh, I have an album called "She's Bleeding, You Asshole" that comes out in five days, and it's long, stupid, and sucks. Get ready. <laughs> Um, I'm already working uh, on another I, one. I LOL. Dis- anyway, go ahead. Oh, oh, wow. Already, I I disagree respectfully. It's fucking amazing. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I've I've been so excited to listen to it again after just listening to it on that live yeah. stream like a month ago. I I keep forgetting that it's coming out on Christmas Day, and it's literally the thing that I'm looking forward to the most. It's a great album. You should go oh get it. And there's going to be a link in the description. Hell yeah, awesome. Yeah, because this will probably be out around Christmas. I'm assuming. So yeah. Yeah, this will be this will be out within a couple of days before before Christmas is the goal. As for me, I sh- will have a video out. The goal right now is to have it out on the 28th. And the tentative title is In Transition. Nice. It's a video about transitioning as a general concept. Uh, it's kind of a pretentious art piece. May is in it. <laughs> I am in it. And I'm part of the art piece that is pretentious. It's true. Um <laughs> 
it's coming together really well. I'm very excited for it. It's the most ambitious thing that I've ever done. Uh, it's probably going to be like 35, 40 minutes long, and I've recorded probably seven hours of footage. Nice. Uh, four hours of which is just me talking. So, yeah, there's a lot. And if you, there will be a lot of behind the scenes stuff for $1 and $5 patrons over at patreon.com slash LTAS. May you also have a Patreon. Yeah, it's uh, patreon.com slash Nick's Fears. It's true. I have two videos coming out as well, so I'm like drowning in work too. We're both like drowning yeah. in work. It's it's tis the season. It is the season to drown oneself in work yeah, because the alternative is dealing with family. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you after the crucible, I guess. <laughs> after the, I hope we all survive. I'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>Hey everybody, it's Sarah again. Just wanted to jump in at the end with one quick little message. Uh, besides just saying there's uh, the, the email is transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at HMSNoFun and at TransQPodcast. And again, the, the curious cat is curiouscat.me slash HMSNoFun. If you want to send in questions, comments, stories, etc. for me and May to address... But I just want to throw in real quick that I meant to say and didn't is that the holidays can be hard and it's a tough time to be around family, especially if you're queer of any shape or size. So I just wanted to say that if you're listening to this and you're feeling any kind of way about your family, that you can make it through this and the new year is about to start and... I'll go ahead and say it right now. 2019 is probably going to be shit. It's probably not going to be a great year, but we can make it good for ourselves. And we have a lot of work yet to do. We probably always will, but we've made it this far and we can keep going. We can keep fighting. There's a lot that's worth fighting for. So you don't have to be on guard all of the time. You know, this holiday... Whatever you're doing, whenever, wherever you are, take a day, you know, sit in front of your fireplace. If you have one, go outside or stay in, just play a video game. You've got video games that you've been meaning to, to play. You've got movies that you've been meaning to watch or books you've been meaning to read. Netflix shows that you've been meaning to binge. I kind of judge you for that, but to each their own, right? I am literally moments away from eating the biggest, sloppiest most ludicrously over-sugared cinnamon roll in the history of mankind because, number one, I don't give a fuck, but number two, I want it and I need it. And I feel like I am just, I'm going to have it and not feel guilty about it. I'm going to start my diet up again soon because <laughs> I need to, but today I'm not going to worry about that. Today I'm just going to eat something sweet and nice and enjoy myself, work on this project and just relax. Relaxing is a part of staying alive and resisting and uh, finding your place in this world. You can't always be tense all the time. So take a minute for you and relax and you'll get through it. Okay, we'll all get through it together. And then we'll hit the ground running in 2019. See you soon.